0: Welcome to the 1111 podcast. I'm your host, Cass, and this is a sign from the universe that you have been waiting for. Welcome to the second Sunday of the year, the second podcast episode of 2023, and in honor of that, I am going to share 22 things that I learned in 2022. I love when other people do this for like their birthday, like, you know, 20 things I learned in my 20s, whatever. So I thought that this would be a good idea. Kind of looking back into the last year, providing a bit of a synopsis of the things that went on, telling a few short stories, and just kind of trying to sum up what I have learned in the past year, because I really find it helpful personally, looking back in hindsight and seeing how far I've come. You know, I'm all about growing through what we go through, and I thought this might be helpful to somebody else. So let's start. Number one, I learned the importance of stepping back into feminine energy. I've talked about this before, but really releasing your expectations and just learning to go with the flow. And for me, being in my feminine energy is when I am my absolute happiest self. Um, It's very easy to kind of flip-flop back and forth between feminine and masculine energy. So really just reminding myself, take a step back, release your expectations and go with the flow. Number two, speaking of expectations, something I learned is that the expectations that you have of other people are most often the main cause of your own disappointment. Number three, sometimes enjoying the dream is better than enjoying the process of getting to the goal. And obviously I'm referring to building our own home because it has been a beautiful nightmare. Um, But just kind of a big learning curve for me was learning that a goal, like an ultimate goal becomes undesirable when the path is no longer enjoyed. It just feels like you're trekking through the mud, trying to get there, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, why am I trying to get there? Um, So yeah, just trying to enjoy the the process as much as the dream. And number four, again, talking kind of about the same thing, leaning into imperfections is a huge curve for both my partner and I. We started this tiny home with like quite a dream, quite a dream. We had like Pinterest boards, pictures, um, of how perfect this little tiny home was going to be. And obviously very quickly realized we're not professionals. We don't know what we're doing and nothing is going to be perfect. And that frustrated us for a little bit. And we were definitely getting frustrated with the whole situation with each other, um, you know, the past few months, we've really, really learned to just kind of lean into those imperfections. Um, So what if the window's crooked? It's kind of cute. It adds character. And this goes for everything in life. But um, I definitely learned that from the tiny home that we're building is really leaning into imperfections and just appreciating, you know, that imperfections can be a beautiful part of your life. Number five, I've learned this before, but really honing in on the absolute importance of alone time, of recharging, and grounding. Um, Because we're building, we kind of lived in like a camper trailer for the summer to work on our home there on our land, and I don't think either of us really put ourselves in our alone time on, you know, as a priority. Um... And I can never tell you enough the importance of alone time. And again, why I go away on contracts, sometimes it's just to have my alone time. Um, Really leaning into that this year, learning how to recharge, putting on a podcast, going for a walk, going out in nature. I just can't even share how much I have learned, like the importance of alone time and, and doing that for yourself. Number six, I learned about sad dad days. <laughs> um, I started therapy about this time last year. I started talking about my dad and this, you know, if you haven't lost your parent, it doesn't mean this doesn't apply to you. It, You just call it whatever you want. But um, kind of my therapist said, you know, how about you, you give it a label on the days that you're just not feeling like yourself. Grief has no schedule. You don't know when you're going to wake up and feel sad. You don't know when you're going to start crying. You don't know. So how about you just kind of have a label for when that happens, such as a sad dad day. And I was like, sad dad day. Love it. Keeping that um, trademark. Um, Just putting a label on those days when you're not yourself. It's been so helpful for me and also my partner, Also, other people in my family just saying, like, I'm having a sad dad day. Those people know to kind of either back off a little bit or provide extra, um, you know, a little bit extra love. And it's really good to know that about yourself so that you can help other people help you. Number seven, again, related to this, but checking in with your partner to see where they are like are they having a sad dad day Are they did they wake up feeling anxious um and kind of vice versa this has been a huge growth in our relationship is learning and especially like once you know the newness wears off of a relationship I feel like this year we really just like the dust settled and we kind of just landed in our relationship and we were like okay the newness is like worn off um it's not shiny anymore let's like Like, where are we? Who are we here? Let's check in. Ensuring that we're both growing independently. I feel like this year was huge for us um, in that. Obviously, learning how to work together, how not to work together. Um, And again, just like the one before, checking in when it's a sad dad day. Really just like waking up, checking in with each other, and then knowing what that person needs from you and vice versa has been so helpful. Number eight. Number eight. Earning trust in a relationship is not just not cheating on that person. This is a huge life lesson for me this year. Um, but earning trust in a relationship is not just not cheating, but it's also keeping secrets, um, keeping dreams, keeping conversations between us. For me, I always have just felt the need to be honest. Um, And, you know, I kind of like would pride myself on that, you know, I'm always honest. Um, But it's taught me this year that being honest can, you know, it can, you don't want to do that at the expense of your partner. You have to think about how that hurts them. Like if this was a conversation or something that was had between us by me going outside and sharing that, like maybe I think it's the right thing, Um, but ultimately you know, learning how to keep that trust within your relationship and not sharing the truth at the expense of your partner. Huge learning curve for me this year. Number nine, checking in to see how much of our lives we are living for other people. And I say this because if I've talked about wedding planning, um, or, you know, having our wedding or why we're eloping it's because it all started with us trying to plan a wedding in Nova Scotia. And I would be like, okay, but, um, what would they like to eat? Uh, would, would they have fun here? Like, is this enough room for them to dance? Like, would they like this music? And my partner would be like, who are they? Like, who are they? Fuck them. It's our wedding day. Stop worrying about other people. And that was a huge, like kind of reality check, like to, to notice how much of our lives we really do live for other people. Um, which is why we decided to elope because we're like, it's about us. But just in every area of your life, just check in and see how much of your life you are actually living for other people without noticing. Number 10, this falls back on that, but learning how to honor your own boundaries versus people pleasing, which is like, you know, how much of our life we are living for other people. Um, And also by honoring your own boundaries, trying to think about the perceived expectations that you think other people might have on you. Again, that's very much like people pleasing. Um, this is a big one for me too. Cause I, I have a lot of instances in my life where I feel like, you know, um, this family member expects this of me or, um, you know, my partner expects me to do this or whatever, whatever it is. Um, learning how learning the difference between that, which is like expectations you think other people have on you because you're people pleasing versus learning how to really honor your own boundaries and be like, it doesn't really matter what that person expects. I'm protecting my peace. Number 11 is about protecting our peace. We did a really good job of that during COVID. For me, I've talked about this um, a couple episodes ago is I feel like we've all kind of overprotected our peace and a big... Um, learning curve this year for me is learning how to find my way back to that social self. Um, definitely an extrovert, but have kind of just really turned inward during this time, during grief, during loss, during pandemic. Um, so just kind of learning slowly how to get back to that social self. Number 12, learning how to romanticize small things. I feel like I've been working on this for a few years, but I do feel like this year I really kind of landed it. I tried to treat, you know, not every day, but as often as I could each day as a date or a vacation. Um, When I'm away working on contract, I would like, if I had one day off, I would like put on my, put on a podcast, go for a long walk, enjoy nature, like get my nails done, have a Starbucks, whatever it looks like for you, having little picnics, Buying yourself a cake, even if it's not your birthday, Um, whatever that looks like for you, just learning how to kind of romanticize small things. It's really helped me this year to kind of, you know, enjoy, again, enjoy the process, enjoy each day, treat each day as a date and a vacation. Number 13, the importance of hobbies that never turn into work. Number 14, addressing a scarcity mindset. This is hard to talk about. I talked about it in the last episode, but this underlying scarcity mindset that I had literally put me into debt around this time. Last year, I had booked two trips that I could not afford, put them on the credit card and was like, whatever, I'll deal with it. Um, and I found myself in a scary place where I was like $0 in my bank account, um, kind of until the next contract. And I've never really found myself in that place before. This was new to me. um, And I didn't know how to talk about it to anyone because I thought it was embarrassing. Um, And I mean, I feel like we all kind of feel that way. But addressing that scarcity mindset has now allowed me to step into manifesting, able to talk about money. I'm not scared. I'm not um, down to my last dollar, you know, I've now, um, if you listen to the last episode, have now opened up three streams of income, which is completely new to me. I started in November um, with that manifesting, manifesting money, just learning how to talk about money, learning how to accept the flow of money, that money comes and goes. And Not that I have really changed my, like, spending habits or my budget or anything, but just learning how to allow and accept money to come into my life more easily. Number 15, the art of listening. I've done an episode about this, but really, really for me, and I learned this from the people around me and myself. I'm bad for it too, but I've been trying to be more conscious about when I'm having a conversation with somebody, about thinking about what I can learn from that person versus what I think I can teach that person. And I how I relate to somebody is like by sharing a story. I just, I, I don't mean to be like, oh, well, you think that's cool, listen to this. Like, it's never like a one-up situation. It's just like how I feel I relate to people is by like sharing stories back and forth. But to me, this year, it's been really important to learn more about that person versus sharing more about myself. And I've been trying to practice that. And yeah, big lesson this year. Number 16, learning how to consume less. And this includes social media, consuming less social media, consuming less negative energy. And to me, that's also social media sometimes, but it can be people. Um, family members, uh, consuming less toxic foods, just trying to consume less overall. But whatever those things might look like to you are probably different than me. But for, you know, for myself, it's mostly consuming less social media, less negative energy, and less toxic foods. And I am very happy with my relationship with social media right now. I feel like I go on you know, if I want to, or if I want to share something and then otherwise I'm just off it. Like I really don't, I really don't spend a lot of time on there now. And I feel so much better than I did like this time, probably last year, I feel like I was just on there all the time. And number 17 is related to this, is that that constant stimulation is directly equal to a lack of focus that I've really, really struggled with the past two years. And I know that everything probably, not everything, but I know a lot of it goes back to the, you know, my loss, my grief, um, just kind of trying to do anything I can to distract myself from those feelings. But now that I'm in a good place emotionally, it's been a really big learning curve this past year. Like, seeing how that constant stimulation was creating this lack of focus for me. And by consuming less social media and stuff, it's really been a big help. Number 18, this is a little, you know, offside, but I've learned so much that the medical system is backed by these big firm companies. They really, really rely on those people who don't take health into their own hands and ultimately, a big portion of the medical system profits from us getting sick. And then they just give you medicine to make you sicker. I'm a nurse. I obviously, you know, love being a nurse. I do respect, especially that I work in emergency. I know there's such a place for emergency care. I would never talk badly about that. But I have seen some things over the past like eight eight or nine years that I've worked. And, you know... the medical system really, really profits from the people that don't take health into their own hands. That has been a big learning curve for me. Number 19, I learned that my passion does truly lie in helping people. I thought for a bit, I just wanted to like quit nursing, leave it all behind. Um, But what I really need to do was notice that I My passion does lie in helping people, but it lies in helping people who want to help themselves. Starting at Quantum Clinic has helped me so much realize that this past year doing IV therapy and just chatting with people that are excited to see me when they come in and they're excited to take their health into their own hands. This has made such a huge pivot in my career that I really, really needed to learn this year. Number 20, you don't have to quit your job to love your life. Uh, for me, an ideal always has been to have like freedom, like financial freedom, time freedom. I just want to travel. I work only to provide enough money to survive. (laughs) Like I do not live to work. Um, But learning that you don't have to quit your job to love your life has been a huge, important battle ongoing for me. Um, But just learning how to find that happiness more often, learning that it's okay to pivot in your career to try new things. Um, Again, how I learned, like, I still love helping people, but maybe I just love helping people who want to help themselves. So taking a leap, trying new things, you don't have to quit your job, maybe just stay in the same place, but pivot a bit um, and learning that multiple streams of income are really what's working for me at the moment. Number 21, someone else's jealousy does not reflect Badly on me, because I do social media and um, promote things and try to like grow a following. It's kind of one of the income streams that I have been doing for a couple of years. I do have people come to my page and check it out and whatever. It's all part of the game, um, but seeing someone do that over and over kind of it 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 ref- it felt I felt like it was reflecting badly on me. Um, but I've realized so much this year that. These people are just really unsettled in their own life. And, you know, I've had some negative feedback, comments, whatever. It's okay to be a radiant source for others. Like, that's what I had to learn this year. It's okay to be a radiant source for others and not to dim myself, not to not post a video because I'm scared of what people will think, not to not post something because I don't want, you know, someone to see it and they feel bad. Like, I really had to learn this year that not to dim myself in a fear of being too much for somebody else and somebody else's jealousy does not reflect badly on me. It means that they are unsettled in their own life. Number 22, last but not least, is that every single day, every single moment spent, every single sunset, every single heartbeat is literally a blessing. Literally a blessing. I've learned to practice gratitude more often and not just for random things in my life, but more specifically around health and well-being. You know, when like you have a canker sore on your tongue and you're like thinking about how grateful you were before you had that canker sore, before you, you know, had to deal with it. I feel like that's kind of a little, you know, that's kind of the epitome of, 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 having gratitude for our health and well-being, like just practicing it every day that we feel good, that our heart's beating, you know, that we get to see another sunset, that we get to take another breath. Like those are things that we often take for granted. So by practicing gratitude this year, I really, not just for myself, but for people I love, like I just feel like I can look at somebody and be like, oh my God, I'm so grateful that they that their heart is beating today, that they're healthy, that we can get up this morning and go enjoy the day and watch the sunset. Like those are things that we need not take for granted. Practicing gratitude and, you know, knowing that our health and well-being are so important and they're so fragile. And that's been a big lesson that I've learned this year. This was a long-winded episode, I'm sorry. It was year 2022, so 22 things were a lot to share. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll catch you next week.